Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Good morning, all, and thank you for coming. Before I begin this morning's sermon, if anyone in the back has difficulty seeing the display, there are some seats up to my right uh, in front if you would like to move forward. All right. You may have noticed in the past few months that various news outlets have been reporting on how a British woman's first novel, published out of a small press in Australia, had reached the New York Times bestseller list. Indeed, within two months of its being picked up and republished by Vintage Books, its sales exceeded 10 million copies. How did Fifty Shades of Grey a tale about a young woman submitting to the will and painful discipline of a wealthy Adonis attract such a following. For whatever reason, the phenomena of sadomasochism, dominance and submission, and other forms of sexual kink were now seemingly becoming mainstream. Actually, it should not have surprised anyone. A year before that, Rihanna's song S&M peaked at number two on the Billboard charts. In 2002, Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Spader starred in the kinky love story Secretary. Around the same time that movie was released, viewers of the hit show CSI were introduced to the dominatrix Lady Heather, who would appear in six episodes through the series and develop a complicated relationship with its main character, Gil Grissom but these are fictional performances, barely scratching the surface of reality. Given our mainstream media's penchant for sensationalizing the unusual, those of us who are part of the BDSM community find ourselves living a paradox where more people know about us and our sexuality, but myths and misconceptions still abound. And like it or not, This is a challenge for Unitarian Universalists, just as homosexuality was in the late 1960s. Should you use and other religious progressives merely accept mainstream presumptions or question those presumptions and seek to learn more? Both our principles and our history call for us to engage in a deeper search for truth and to overcome the prejudices of the past. Let's start by understanding the umbrella term BDSM, which is itself a combination of three acronyms. BD or BND for bondage and discipline, the use of physical or psychological restraint in an erotic context. DS for dominance and submission, also known as consensual power exchange. And SM for sadomasochism, where pain or other intense stimuli are used to enhance sexual pleasure. Pain, but not necessarily injury, and certainly not serious injury. 
BDSM covers a wide spectrum of expression practiced by a diverse community. Some may like what others find painful, others do not. Some identify as dominant or submissive, others are switches alternating between the two, and still others refuse to embrace any fixed role. And that's just for starters. This community has its own lingo, cultural symbols, and ethical standards. The most common expression for this BDSM ethic is safe, sane, and consensual. We develop skills and take precautions to minimize the risk of injury, much like the rock climbers you see here. We also make sure everyone involved is in a proper frame of mind. And we take steps to communicate and understand what everyone involved will do together. Another parallel between BDSM and sports like rock climbing is that people outside of these communities often wonder, why do they do it? Well, the reasons are as diverse as the range of erotic expression or other activity that's out there. The best summation I can give you is that we Kingsters explore the delicate balance of risk, trust, intensity, and intimacy. A balance which many of us find a deeply spiritual aspect, what Justin Tannis refers to as ecstatic communion. Still, even with these parallels to such activities, BDSM is nowhere near as tolerated. How many of you out there enjoy sushi, even just occasionally? All right. Imagine now that you travel to an area where eating raw fish is considered unhealthy, even dangerous, and people like you who enjoy this delicacy are looked upon as disturbed or sick. Just mentioning that you've tried sushi could cause you to lose friends or hurt your career. Doctors can even refer, refuse to treat you because they consider sushi eating a high-risk activity. Sushi restaurants would be banned, and few places would sell recipe books, raw ingredients like nori and wasabi, bamboo mats from rolling maki, and so forth. Making sushi for yourself at home might be tolerated, so long as you didn't tell anybody about it. But having friends over for a sushi party runs the risk of being raided by the police for violating public health laws in spite of any precautions you take to assure the health and safety of your guests. Imagine you and your sushi-loving friends living with a sense of isolation and dread. Imagine trying to explain to others that this is safe, that what you choose to eat is your own business, that psychologists can show that you're no more sick than non-sushi people, but to no avail. Imagine wondering who around you is like you, or at least willing to listen. Friends, what I've just described is what many of us kinksters go through. We're put in the bind of being told to keep this private while living with the fear of what could happen if our privacy is violated. And so I've decided to take a risk, to open myself up to you and to field your questions. 
That is the next step on this journey of understanding and change. Amen and blessed be.